Hey guys, just a quick content warning. In this episode, we discuss abortion and miscarriage. You're listening to Confessing Animals with Jen Harris and Vanessa Arrico. Rebel poets, real rebels, really talking poets, rebelling and listening, listening. Don't interrupt me. Welcome to Confessing Animals Podcast. I am Jen Harris. And I'm Vanessa Arrico. And today we are interviewing Beth Maggard, she, her, hers, in the episode that we're calling Lost Longing and Reproductive Rights. Um, Beth is a delightful, wonderful human being, and she describes herself as curious. She grew up in KCMO. Went to college in Kirksville, Missouri, and then moved to Chicago to attend graduate school. She studied writing that whole time. And after she uh, graduated from college, she worked for WBEZ, which is Chicago's public radio station. She has worked her entire adult life in nonprofit organizations. And she left Chicago to come home to Kansas City to work in the Uh, in the arts. So she now works for Mid-America Arts Alliance in Kansas City, which houses the Artist Inc. Project, which is a a very incredible professional development program out of the Midwest. It does a lot of really great work. Um, And Beth says that she loves to write and read and think about communicating. And again, 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 she loves to read. So she will talk about that a lot in the interview. And we did. Yes. We did too. We could have a whole separate uh, episode just on talking about reading and books, um, which I think a lot of us could do on any day. But um, so Beth, uh, Beth is pregnant. She is with a child and it's our first fetus uh, on the podcast. So we were very excited about that. Beth is unnamed fetus. <laughs> it was on the podcast. Well, it's Lil Brisket. Lil Brisket. Lil Brisket. Um, yes, Beth Maggard and Lil Brisket, uh, make their appearance. I love that. That's the, I can't, I can't handle it. It's too cute (laughs) name. Um, I'm just, I do feel like we really get into as much as we possibly can with people, right? Like we, I want to have all the conversations and then I just continue to realize how complex, how profound and deep and multifaceted all of these people are. Right. Cause we went into this interview really excited to talk about like, I've never been able to interview a creative pregnant person while in the process of gestation. That's just not something that's overlapped in my life. And I was really excited to ask like, how does this impact your creativity? What are your fears and worries? And is this all consuming or is it just like part of the process? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like she really dove in and gave us some honest and authentic answers, which made me, I don't know, made me feel like let into something I'd never really had access to. Well, we are excited to have Beth Maggard on the Confessing Animals podcast. So thanks for being here, guys. And we are going to jump right into her interview finally. So here you go. Enjoy. Let's do it.
we have framed the interview kind of around your impending motherhood. And it is, um, we can talk about anything, but it is such a point of interest and curiosity for both of us. One, because we are able to gestate and are not. And also um, because we want to like, you're the first WWKC baby. So like now I get to see in real time how this child will either enhance or destroy your artistic endeavors. And I'm excited to see how it all goes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so me like, too. <laughs> we were like, awesome. okay. okay, yeah, because um, when you made your announcement on um, Instagram and the photo that you posted, you know, you, you did mention like this was not without struggle um, and yeah. there was loss and longing and reproductive rights and you seemed open to having that conversation. So I'm really curious um, to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I have a lot to say. I actually, when I was preparing for this, I have three writings that I was deciding between. And one of them is a really old thing. We we did it in class March 3rd of 2020. So almost a year ago. And it was right after I thought I was having a second miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, this is because I feel like what I, what I was trying to allude to is social media, people are very bright on there, right? And you don't see the whole picture. So it's like, especially with motherhood, I think that women, there's so many expectations and you're like, oh, this. And then even when you're like, oh, I'm such a tired mama and blah, 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 you know, there's still so much that you're not getting. And I just wanted to be like, look, I had an abortion on this path. I, you know, loss, staggering loss was part of this. And like years of figuring out how this want fit in with who I actually am. So there's a lot to talk about with that. Yeah. I have a a confession to make again, going back to your post, um, when you announced it was a photo of a little um, Chiefs onesie and some brown overalls, which are the cutest things I've ever seen. And I gender assumed that it was going to be a boy. Um, oh, yeah. But it's a girl, right? It's a girl. And I was also thinking, so um, you work in arts and then we mm-hmm. have like this sports uh, presentation. So like how important is like the sports and the arts like in your household? Well, that's a good question. So I grew up loving sports. I am the oldest of four children and my brother, I only have three brothers and we loved the Chiefs and you know, it's, it's, it was at that time playoff season. Um, I tried actually to boycott the NFL right before Patrick Mahomes started playing for the Chiefs (laughs) uh, because it's bad. It's not great. It goes kind of against all of my values. Um, but I just, it's like a a connection to my family. It's a connection, like all the neighbors have their chief's flags and they're, um, like I wear my hat when I walk my dog and they're all like, Oh, go chiefs. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah, go to Costco. And everybody's like, woo, go Mahomes. (laughs) So honestly, those two garments were just like the first gifts that we got for the baby. My best friend gave me those overalls for her and the, the onesie was from my baby brother at Christmas. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to, put these in the picture because it's they're tiny and sweet 
So lost longing and reproductive rights, like, will you, are you comfortable kind of telling us your journey as to this point, as far as, you know, you are, you are a creative person, you have an education in writing, you are a a reader, like, and you're a part of the WWKC family. And I know you work in arts organizations in general. So like with all of that knowledge, um, kind of, what is this process like for you as an individual, as a creative? Like, how did it start and how's it going? Well, <laughs> I had, there's this essay I've been wanting to write for like 10 years. Yeah. About identity that, so I think I've always known that I wanted to have a baby, but being a smart, artistic, you know, striving for a success career driven person, um, I pushed that away for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I turned 30 seven years ago and I was That's like, <laughs> that was is my like, new favorite way to say my age. Thank you. <laughs> also, does that mean that you're technically labeled a geriatric pregnancy? Correct. Because that grossed me out when I learned that term the other day. It upset me. It's fucking, and it starts at 35. I'm like, oh, I was, I was muted. Sorry. I want to say, and way to boost your confidence by starting out your pregnancy by calling it geriatric. Yeah, yes. I guess we're going to use these dusty old ovaries. (laughs) It's insane. And they're all like, "Mm, well, since you're older, you qualify for this from your insurance. And I'm like, okay, great. But, oh yeah. So 30, turned 30. And I was like, I need to admit this truth about myself and embrace it and work toward it. And so that was kind of what I did. I moved back from Chicago and got closer to my family. And honestly, it was more about just slowing down my pace of life. Mm -hmm. Um, Partying less, well, kind of. But (laughs) Were you a wild child? Like what was high school Beth and college Beth? No, high school Beth and college Beth were pretty tame. Pretty oh. tame. She waited until her 20s to get real wild. Like, that my, might be better because I think Vanessa and I fried a few unrecoverable brain cells <laughs> in our younger years. So, like, no shame from us. You can still fry them in your 20s. Don't worry. <laughs> you too much like, LSD I had to get sober because I was exhausted. <laughs> you have too many... Your hangovers are worse too. Like when yeah. you're 18, you're like, wow. But then when you're 27, you're like, mm. You waited until your 20s to get wilding out. But at 30, which was seven years ago, you decided like, I want to be a mom, I think. Yeah. That's, and, and like, and I want to stop being embarrassed about that want. Um, well, why were you embarrassed about oh, that? Girl. I thought just, it was so mortifying. And I'm, I needed to be successful. And that is not being a mom. Mm. Um. Right. That was your thought process. So not correlating. Yeah. yeah like you yeah. had this idea of success and, and, and mommy wasn't on that list. Correct. It makes sense that you, we, we've all had that notion of like, you have to pick. Right. Yeah. And this is another reason why I don't like to talk about like mothers as a whole, as if all mothers have the same desires and goals, right? Because there are plenty right. of brilliant writers who are mothers. I would not be one of them. And and that's part of the, the journey for me, which was like, you can be the Beth that you worked really hard to establish and also this like gnawing need that you 
cannot ignore anymore. So did it get louder in your thirties where it was like, you know, this is true. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think identity is something that will always be kind of a weird slippery thing for me. I just don't know. I never know how to really center that for myself. Um, well, you, I mean, you contain multitudes. So I, it's yeah, Walt Whitman. Right? yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I decided to do that and decided to, to like be conscientious and, and work on that. And um, I met my husband a couple, well, we started being together a couple years after I moved back or a year or two. And um, we had a lot of growing that we each needed to do to be in a functional relationship. And we did that. And and now we were, the, the time came when we were like, okay, let's do this baby thing. Um, does he show, uh, does he share your um, love of the arts? Is, is he He's uh, a an artist? In it? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he plays. Plays. So he came up playing stand-up bass, like jazz music and um, moved here when he was like 21 just. And he played, did you ever know that band, The Good Foot? Mm-mm. He, it, it was a. It's hey, not his quick. fault. I'm just bad at, at music. Well, he was, it, they played a lot of weddings and stuff. They um, played soul covers. So he's okay. been in all kinds of rock, soul, jazz, plays um, electric bass guitar, uh, plays, he can, he can play almost anything. He came, he played drums in high school. He played, um, he can play piano. He can, it's what? kind of amazing. Musicians are amazing. I've actually had kind of a history of dating musicians. <laughs> you and me too. Both. What are you going to introduce the baby to first? Um, he has all kinds of ideas. I would love piano. I want her and I to take piano at the same time. I've always wanted to learn. <laughs> oh, yes. I love this. Um, but he wants, I think he's, he's pretty set on drums, which I'm like, okay. okay he's going to not like that idea once she starts banging around when he doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> so my brother married a woman who plays viola and is very musical as well. And my nephew, who's three, has like drums little tiny tambourine that he just wraps on <laughs> you guys are going to be like a traveling uh, wilburys like yes 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 <laughs> as long as we don't have to flee the nazis to any degree i'm fucking down which is a scary thing we might have to do in this lifetime i can't oh, believe we're even thinking about it oh and i really hope that um after pandemic uh we can get together and play some music ashley's always looking for some uh oh, for some players yes. to play with yeah I'm just yes, over and kiss your baby a thousand times because also yes she's i cannot i just the thought of having her and not having my family around has been haunting yeah because yeah. really i'm very close to them my parents my brothers Q's parents are in Iowa, but we were fully intending for them to be here. Um, and it's just, we'll see. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. That's yeah. another thing. This whole pandemic thing has been, every time I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's like, okay, this is a great lesson for being a parent because mm. you have to let the fuck go. <laughs> And navigate when you don't have control over yeah. uh, in the situation, you know? 
Yeah. Do you feel like that's, that's a wiseness that's also come with your age? Like perhaps yes. you would not have had and that skill set. Years of therapy. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like every parent should go to therapy before having the yes. child. <laughs> yes. I feel Absolutely. that about everybody. You are not allowed to make any major life adult decisions until you have a therapist that knows you by first and last name. Just yeah. know. Yes. And you should like, they should be part of all work environments. It should be. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So you, so you are happily pregnant, very excited now, but like, what did this journey look like for you? Can you give us some Okay. So we got married in fall 2019 and I found out I was pregnant like right after the wedding. Like, so we, it was actually a kind of crazy time. So got married mid-October, had to put our sweet, amazing dog down like the beginning of November. She... Like, I think she made it just to come to the wedding. Like, it was this Uh. whole very big feels. Yeah. Um, And then a week or two after we put Taylor down, I I missed my period and found out I was pregnant. And so it was kind of this feeling where it was like, oh, my God. You know, this has got something to do with Taylor knew I was pregnant. And she let us go. And it was this beautiful thing. And then um, I went in for my eight-week sonogram which is the first appointment that you go to and the fetus was had stopped growing at six weeks Mm -hmm. so and I just it was a terrible experience I didn't understand I so they use words that you don't know you know it's it's at the doctor and they're so used to dealing with women who do know because you have multiple kids and blah 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 or and you know someone of my age is it's kind of rare for it to be a first pregnancy. So it was a horrible experience. Um, and I left there not knowing, like, so is this pregnancy, like, is this fetus dead? Is that, or embryo? I don't think they even call it a fetus then. Um, am I like, what am I going to do? Cause they were like, well, let's do blood work and see. I'm like, Oh, is there hope? It was just, it was awful. So, were you it's supposed to just like pass it naturally? They weren't and then that was the other about. thing. Yep. That, she was like, well, we'll do blood work. And once we're really sure, then we can discuss the, the options. And she, and I was like, I don't want to just sit with it. Cause I was feeling pregnant. I was like nauseated and tired. And so I series of back and forth. And finally one of the nurses was like, we'll get your prescription called in. And so I did the medically induced abortion at home Mm -hmm. and so that was December 2019 yeah I remember that time in the workshop because that was around the first time so the first time I came to workshop I had just found out I was pregnant and I wrote Mm -hmm. this like joyful thing I still have it about being excited about it and then it was like such a wonderful gift to be in the workshop during the morning time because I could really do some processing that I wasn't making myself do otherwise Mm -hmm. because it was fucking hard, you know? And my partner who I usually rely on for stuff like that was also processing and warning and it was just fucking tough. Um, So now that you're um, 
creating life. Like you're making the ultimate creation right now. You know what I mean? So you said the stories don't really come to you. Like, have you had a change? Like, do you have mommy brain? Are you like feeling different now that something's feeding on you? Is like, do you feel like to host a parasite? parasite. (laughs) Basically. Yes. Now that there's an alien living inside of you is your sci-fi fingers coming. She's the most beautiful, brilliant alien. I'm so excited to meet her her too. Um, So I think the sci-fi actually is just because that's what I've been reading more of. I've never read sci-fi until until the quarantine until we realized we were living in sci-fi until i was like octavia butler and i do really need to get acquainted (laughs) Um, the level of expansion in my reading since pandemic has been pretty tremendous because i can't just sit around and read self-help books all the time we need a break from this bummer like Mm -hmm. god damn it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i just finished although god this was kind of sad too um ocean vong's on Mm. earth we're briefly gorgeous because a lot of people are like, this is just a poem. I'm like, no, this is a novel. And there, it's poetic, but it's, it's, oh, it's incredible. But like, I'll read a book like that. And then I'll think, I'll narrate my day in that voice. Mm-hmm. Not even consciously, but just because I'm so immersed and so impressed. And then I just am in it. I'm trying to think. Oh, Louise Erdrich is another one. I read um, The Night Watchman at the beginning of pandemic. And, oh, that one stayed with me for a really long time. I'm not familiar with that at all. She is a native writer in Minnesota. She kind of came out swinging, I want to say in the 90s. Love Medicine was a collection of short stories. That was her first big hit. And then... um, the Roundhouse is extraordinary. Okay. It's a story of, it's told from the perspective of a young son about a mom who is raped on a reservation. Mm. And um, just the, the son decides to take vengeance because there isn't a lot of legal recourse. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the family's beautifully drawn. The scene is beautifully drawn. You get this gorgeous culture from the book. Um, but the, And what's her name again? Louise Erdrich, E-R-D-R-I-C-H. There's a, so someone else that I really admire is Marianne Robinson. I read Gilead for the first time in grad school, and I've read all of her books. Um, and she writes, she makes you come to her pace, and it is so low, and it's gorgeous and she has this fascinating to me spirituality that weaves in through it she's a calvinist minister she's but she's like crazy brainy about her christianity which you don't see a lot i love Um, the intellectuals that become theologists like that is yes that's the intersection of let's spend some time together for me yes me too i i find that super fascinating and so just beyond like the prose and the way that she co- brings you to her pace, there's just so much depth to her subject matter that it makes me really happy. I could talk about books this entire time. I would love for you, you know. but first I would like for you to read something that you brought for us. So do you have okay. something that you feel like transitions well into this? Yes. This piece um, is called Abort. How will I break the news to you? 
crack the news like an egg on the flat of the counter, trickle it through my fingers to drop in clear, viscous globs in the bowl of expectation. It's happening again. This time, you were there with me at the doctor for the second quiet pause as the equipment slides over my abdomen. The flick flick of keyboard buttons as the screen tries to keep up with the camera, hoping to bounce good news back to me. They take my blood and the nurse says to me, is this your first baby? You look scared. No, I want to say, this is my second non-baby, non-viable. The egg white slides between gaps in my fingers while the yolk sits wobbling in my palm. The news will break. Non-viable is dead cells embedding in my uterus, tricking my hormones, nausea and exhaustion again for nothing. Crackling anger replaces the fear and the sadness as the mortar of this month's broken heart. I want to scream at those who want to litigate at me when life begins, who necessitate words like non-viable, when the words I feel are stagnant, are violent, are full of the are the empty fullness of looking deep into the sky, into the water, thinking maybe, maybe there is life I can't see. Maybe it's waiting to meet me. Maybe this happens to others and we need to talk about it. Mm, yes, it's so that important. One, that one is not done. <laughs> but I was like, this is something, and I wrote it almost a year ago, and it felt like translation because we don't we we don't there's all this whole medical language that we don't get to speak there's women's bodies that don't get addressed or normalized in any kind of way Mm -hmm. um so that was that that's wild though thank you for sharing that incredible piece with us and I do love I would love to continue reading it as it expands however you expand it like it yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it in a while. I, honestly, I had it. I've thought about it before this pregnancy. I wanted to write an essay about um, miscarriage and, and abortion and speaking with those languages. Um, and then I like had this breakthrough in my head about it. And then Meghan Markle published this really wonderful article about lo- pregnancy loss. And I was like, oh, well, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Megan did it. So Megan did it. <laughs> Megan did it. Speaking of giving a fuck, though, how was Beth's interview? <laughs> I thought it was great. I did too. I did too. She's so fuck. I'm, I'm so excited to be on this experiment with her of just like I know she's like our test subject. Yeah, like just to be able to first of all spend Valentine's Day with her and it be an accident, but like I really want to ask these questions. And you know, I could have talked to her. Can't talk to her forever, but like I could have asked her a million more questions, not only about her reading and her creativity, because I feel like we barely got to touch on that, but also like, 
the experience of womanhood as a mother, you know, the yeah. experience of parenthood as a person, like it's really wild to see somebody that's in my like late thirties age bracket deciding now after having, you know, lived very intentionally of their own accord that they're going to become a parent. Like, right. That's always my first thought. I'm like, when people tell me they're pregnant, I'm like on purpose. (laughs) Do I need to drive you to the clinic? (laughs) Right. Like, I mean, is this a congratulations or like, do we need to make an appointment? (laughs) What I know I'm looking at their face expecting horror. And then I realize like, we're not 17 anymore. (laughs) Right. You're like, Oh, people are prepared for this. They're doing it on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't fucking know. <laughs> well, I'm fucking glad that Beth was on the podcast today, and I'm so glad that I did it with you. You're the I'm best. so you are so wonderful today. I love you, and I miss you. And I feel like it's just been too long because, like, we were spending like every waking texting moment, and then you've been traveling and having guests, and I felt far away from you. So today was a gift, and I enjoyed hanging out. Ditto. And it's Valentine's Day and our friendship anniversary, like our official one year was yesterday. Yes. So like, I'm recommitting to you right here. Right. We're recommitting. We're re, um, we're reinstating our vows of commitment. <laughs> and, um, and then tomorrow for Valentine's Day, we're going to watch a, um, a how to win some fucking money video. Yay. We got to talk about that off air, but um, all right. So this has been Confessing Animals podcast featuring Beth Maggard and we love you guys. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Confessing Animals. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review so more people can find us. And if you want to support the show or get access to the extended video casts, join us on Patreon, confessinganimalspodcast.com.